when I started specializing in sustainability, where with my certificate program at FIT, I didn't even want to tell my coworkers I was doing that. I don't know why. Sounds dumb to say now, but it was just like not not a thing, you know. I, not I, <laughs> It, yeah, it was not a trend, and I don't, I don't want to use that word for it because it's not a trend; it's really a necessity. Mm. But I think uh, twenty twenty has broken all of us apart mm. and broken the the fashion industry in a way that it it was it was already breaking apart, but it has forced us to really think about what we're making. So it's just. I'm just glad people, some people are paying attention now where they weren't before. Welcome to Casa de Arte, The Neighborhood, a twice a month podcast about creativity, spirituality, and the thread that holds them together, love. I'm Ashley Holstein, a mother, photographer, and tea drinker. And I'm Louis Holstein, a father, community builder, and overall art enthusiast. All right, guys, we are back. I am so excited that we have a power couple in the house. Um, I am so excited to have our dear friends and New Yorkers, Mari and Ricardo Medina. Uh, Mari is actually a longtime friend from school. We've known each other since we were in second grade. We graduated high school together. She went off to graduate from FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in NYC with a fashion design degree and specializes right now in design consultant um, work that takes products from concept to production, specializing in ethical solutions to reduce cost and waste. And Ricardo, um, Mari's husband, was born in Colombia and raised in New York. He um, also went to FIT and is now the Senior Experience Designer at RGA, which is International Innovation Consultancy headquartered in New York City. So they have their hands full. Welcome, guys. Welcome, Thank you welcome. for coming. <laughs> Thank you for having us. So I want to jump right in um, with you, Ricardo. Um, I am obsessed with creative process in any kind of art form. I just love the process. I love talking to artists about their process. Um, and you said that in your role at RGA that the process there is very systematic, that it consists of discovery, definition, and design. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit more and, and maybe even stretch it for us on how that could apply to other maybe art forms? Because I think it's very, it seems very du reduplicable, I guess. Duplicable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, Mari and I, um, on her role, sometimes we apply a similar taste approach to her creative output. So it, it isn't necessarily uh, something that um, experienced designers um, like myself do. Um, and by experienced designers, I mean digital designers that um, take product from um, the very beginning stages of creation all the way to production. Um, you know, what we do normally is a phase approach of discovery, as you mentioned, defining design, um, discovery being um, research, market analysis, trying to figure out who the users are, what their problems are, and um, you know any pain points that they might have. Brainstorm on that, sketch on that, come up with multiple different ideas, um, and then you iterate on those. That's the defined phase, right? Once you have a hold of um, the idea, the, the, the background, the user, the problems, 
um, all of that, you start coming up with more, much more solid solutions. So in our case, we, we tend to use wireframes to, to get that work into a more solid state. Um, and those wireframes, you know, really what that means are, you know, quote unquote, like blueprints of, you know, the final product. And the idea there is that you want to spend time doing those blueprints so that you don't spend a bunch of time doing final design. So, you know, once you come up with those wireframes, um, you know, potentially you can test those out, testing it, meaning showing it to uh, your potential client or your final user, getting feedback, iterating on that. Um, and once that happens, you can move into a final design. So final design would actually be making it look great, final, you know, tweaks, making sure that your topography is perfect, that your colors are set straight, that um, your space is right, um, making it look as polished, as finished as possible um, before you kind of finish and it off to a client and you know, build it out into an actual piece of software. Mm. And Amari, you're, I feel like your work as a fashion designer is a little more intuitive, maybe. You spoke about um, sometimes it's not very linear, your process and how you kind of create what you create. Can we talk, can you talk a little bit about your process as well? Yeah, um, it, it isn't very linear sometimes, you know, in TV and sometimes in school, they teach you, oh, start with a mood board, with a concept, get inspired in a city and a painting or whatever. And that would be great. And I, you know, and fun, and it's a really good way to do things. But sometimes in real life, there's specific functions, there's rules, like, um, you know, I'm going to design for a season. So you have certain boundaries that you have to follow, depending on the client, depending on the budget, um, just things that I, I wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't paying attention to that when I went to school. But um, so basically, sometimes when I when I work with brands, they say I want to design a cardigan. So right right off the bat, they already have an idea what they have to they want to do, and I just kind of have to work backwards. They they like certain things, they like certain fabrics, and the inspiration process kind of like starts there based on functionality and and, and what they want to design, not necessarily following all the design steps. And um, sustainability was a key word for you. Um, can you kind of give us a rundown, I guess, of where where is the fashion industry in 2021 with sustainability? It's like a hot topic right now. Well, where, where are we? Yeah, uh, it depends on who you ask. There's people that are not paying attention to it at all. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, well, maybe... Maybe not in 2021, but I would feel like two years ago, um, big corporations were not paying attention to that. And when I started specializing in sustainability, where with my certificate program at FIT, I didn't even want to tell my coworkers that I was doing that. I don't know why. Sounds dumb to say it now, but it was just like not not a thing, you know. I, not I, <laughs> It, yeah, it was not a trend, and I don't, I don't want to use that word for it because it's not a trend; it's really a necessity. Mm. But I think uh, twenty twenty has broken all of us apart mm. and broken the the fashion industry in a way that it it was it was already breaking apart, but it has forced us to really think about 
what we're making. And there, last year there has been, there was so much waste. All these corporations made millions of clothing that did not get sold that I don't really know where it is right now. Is it in warehouses? Is it being burned? Uh, we don't, I, I don't really know. So I think going forward into this new year, I see big corporations making less quantities, even if it's for massive department stores. So they have been forced to scale down. Um, I don't know, like it or not, but, um, and also because of social media and um, we, we see everything. So I've seen a lot of posts on um, these big corporations not paying their um, their factories. Mm-hmm. So some of these big companies are making more money, but they're not they're not paying the factories and these workers. So it's just I'm just glad people some people are paying attention now where they weren't before. Um, Do you think that com- consumer trends are changing? I think so. Absolutely. Um, I also think every time something big happens in society, is it like, you know, 20 years ago, 9-11, or if it's 2008, um, there's trends that change that we might not notice. For example, people are not, um, minimalism is a big thing right now because um, even if you are wealthy, you don't want to show your wealth because there's so many people with out jobs so like little things like that uh that are my obvious obvious um you're not boasting or boasting you know like on your private planes maybe maybe you are but you know (laughs) think about all these like influencers i've had like they can't be like oh i bought this like 500 dollars sweatshirt like do you want to buy it You, you can't just do that anymore there's too many things going on and um it, it has, it's changing just because of that. We might go again to maximalism, who knows, like in five years or so. But right now, I think we're, we're not leaving our homes, we're buying less. So everything that we purchase is very purposeful and is going to be um, worn, it has to be comfortable. Uh, so yeah, I, I think silhouettes are changing, colors are changing. Um, we seek comfort. Uh, you know, like I see like knitwear and sweaters being used more. We want to be comfortable. We want to be at home. We want to be warm. So all of those little things that might not be as obvious are are coming up, I think. Mm. Yeah, I love that you talk about the impact of the communities in the community, especially when it comes to the life cycle of what you wear, because we don't think about who is making our clothes because we have so much of it. And then we don't think about where our clothes go you know outside of like a thrift store you don't you think that oh it'll live in a goodwill forever and that's not the case like there there is waste that happens when we wear um when we stop wearing um our clothes because we're consuming so much of it um but going into the community impact ricardo i want to kind of take it to you um you love mentorship and you are a guest teacher at fit why do you think developing others is so important um, you, you know, I, I feel like on a personal level, I was, I've always been helped um, quite a ton. I feel like I've been lucky enough to have great teachers, great mentors, um, people in my life who've helped me. 
um, and I don't think I would be where I'm at without them. So, so in that regard, I feel like you know it is necessary to you know pass pass it along, make sure that people are growing, make sure that people have the tools that, that they can have. Um, you know, Mari mentioned the whole sustainability aspect and people losing their jobs in the fashion industry, um, sort of unraveling on its own and. Um, you know, a big portion of people that, that I've taught in the past, um, I want to say six months, have come from fashion. You know, there are people who were fashion designers or, you know, fashion students coming into the, into the field and they realize that there isn't a whole lot of work for them. Um, they're still very skilled. They're still incredible, uh, you know, super talented people. But now they, they want to have jobs and, you know, they want to figure out how to move into the tech industry. And, um, places where there's a bigger need or places where they feel like um, they can be appreciated more. Yeah, I love it. You, I love what you said there. It reminds me of the scripture, which I couldn't reference. I'm terrible at that. I need to work on that. <laughs> um, but it says, I think it, no, I'm not going to say. Um, but it says, everything I have has been given to me. And I think that that's like something, that's kind of a mantra I say too, because maybe not in the real, not like the physical things, maybe not, but spiritually, everything I have has been given to me. And so I think of this debt that I owe the Lord, how can I not repay it by reduplicating my life in someone else or building up, you know, the next person or. or. It's that abundance aspect too of um, you're not like you see opportunities for everyone else. You're not having that competitive mindset if like if I win I mean if they win I win that kind of mentality I think yeah one of my favorite parables um is the, the parable of the the talents and um you know when the master comes there's there's three different servants and you know one is given one talent another one's giving five and another one's giving ten something something along those lines I might be also misquoting just like Lewis uh, we're both good at that. <laughs> but um, but I love it because, um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've been given more than one talent and I want to make sure that I can do the most that I can with what I have. And if that means, you know, getting together with um, incoming talent um, and by incoming talent, I mean both younger and older looking to transition into a different field or look, look to grow their skills. And I want to make sure that um, that I can help them in that journey. Mm. Yeah, that's really great. Um, I want to keep talking more about faith and how that plays a role in what you guys do. Um, and this is like a free for all question. Um, how do you see God in your work, in your craft? Um, God is, is the God of creativity um, I see how um, he, he, he's made everyone so unique and beautiful. He's given all of us a different handwriting. And I see um, our talent as designers or artists as um, each of us has a different handwriting. Mm -hmm. And I believe that um, he created e each of us to be that way. And you know, and, and for me, it's, um, I see designing for most of what I do is women's wear. So I see designing for women, um, all shapes, all colors. And I love appreciating it, that beauty. 
Um, and just kind of thinking like, oh, that's so cool. Like God really created all of these women to be, to look beautiful in anything that they would want to wear. So um, sometimes I think about it that way. Sometimes I think about it as my own responsibility um, in taking care of the environment and the, and the materials that I use um, and just making the right choice. And even, you know, even the people that I work with, even just um, being a, an example for them, being, you know, not an example, but just being someone that is good to work with and just, I don't know if I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. But just kind of that aspect of um, this is a gift, all yeah. of this. And even the fact that I get to do this work is, is a gift. Um, so I just see it as that. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, God being the ultimate creator, the ultimate designer, the ultimate artist. Um, and I, I specifically love how um, God was so purposeful in his creation, right? Um, sometimes I see my work as being, you know, very, like I mentioned before, you know, there's different phases and sometimes stages that, that I tend to rely on. And I, I feel like God had a, you know, similar approach in creation too, when, you know, when we see Genesis and, you know, the first three days and him taking those three days and look at the macro picture. And, um, you know, there, there was so much that went into that. And then he goes into a a more specific approach in creating people and animals over the next three days. And, and then at the end, you know, he takes a break on that seventh day. There's, there's such rhythm to that. And, you know, the more you, you read um, Genesis and the early books, you, or at least I definitely see that, you know, I see the patterns. I see how God loves um, words. He loves poetry. Um, he loves numbers. Um, and, and somewhere in the middle of all that, there's our story, our own personal story, my story, your story. Um, I definitely love that about God. Mm. So your faith obviously has, has been really grounding for y'all. I'm sure this last year, um, for us, you know, all you see is like headlines about New York. So <laughs> what's, you know, what's, what's New York like right now, uh, the new year just started and it was quite a year last year, especially for New Yorkians. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I guess I'll start answering that, but the, the way I've seen it is um, it, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for a lot of New Yorkers. Some people have felt like, Hey, you know what, this is, this is a lot, you know, I just kind of need to get away. I need to leave the city for a little bit or, or maybe completely, you know, we've definitely seen a lot of people just kind of move out of the city uh, whether it's into the suburbs or to a different state. Um, but then there's every other New Yorker who's super resilient, who's never leaving New York, who loves it now more than ever, who who sees the soul of the city during these tough times, right? Like you definitely see um, um, almost New Yorkers thrive be because it's because it's hard. Um, and I appreciate that. I think in our, in our ministry, in our church, we've also seen a lot of people um, take bold steps of faith you know um there were so many losses both um basically and and financially right like people lost lost their loved ones like we have close friends who lost their parents who lost you know their, their brothers you know very close family members and yet they give so much right there, there isn't 
there isn't a setback of, you know, I don't know, just wanting to um, like recoil or, you know, go back to their, their own selves. But I, I definitely see them um, serving and giving. People have lost their jobs um, somehow at our church. People are giving more financially than they've done before, which, mm. you know, which is mind boggling, but, but that's the reality. We've seen a lot of people convert be- because they see the struggle. They're like, you know what? This is, this is shaking me up and I need to get right with God and I need to um, straighten up my faith. And, and um, I'm encouraged by it. Um, again, it is tough, but, um, but there's been so many victories because of it. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, it's, it depends on where you live also, like where you felt it. But, um, I think for New Yorkers, I'm just very proud of them. (laughs) I'm very proud of New York. I know that most people just see the worst headlines, like the absolute worst, but there's, uh, people are amazing here. Like there's, there's still, you know, everyone is taking care of each other. And now, um, (laughs) you, if you go outside, people kind of, I feel like they make more of an effort to connect at the very beginning of the pandemic and people like, you know, they go, they get in each other's conversation all the time. If you're on the subway or whatever. Um, but you know, just like walking down the street, I'm talking with my friend and then someone just like jumps in our conversation and we start laughing. And, you know, obviously I don't, I didn't know this guy, but, um, you see a little bit more of that. And then you see kind of like that pride again. The thing about New Yorkers, like they complain a lot, you know, just like that documentary that we were talking about, um, not documentary, whatever that show on Netflix. So, um, Everyone here is constantly on a plan to leave New York. Uh, <laughs> like that's just like you know, like every time you go to dinner with people, that's just like what you talk about. Like like love where, hate. Like yeah, where are you gonna go and buy your boring house? You know, <laughs> but, or awesome house doesn't need to be boring. I know, I know. I'm just hating on people with houses right now. Uh, a bit of jealousy. Uh, I'm jealous and jealous. Uh, you know. So I think now it's like, if you're here, you're here. Like you had a whole year to leave. So the people that are still here are fighting for it. And in terms of the pandemic, like we've, we've felt it. We've, yeah, like Ricardo was saying, we personally know know people that have died and knowing that and being so close to that, where I feel like in other states, People might not be like, I don't know anyone that has been affected by COVID. We know it and we fight for it. And and I've seen New York fight together to really make this better and make this city, um, you know, just keep the energy. I mean, the energy never left. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's almost like people care more for each other because it feels like we're in this together or you've seen someone relatively close who's, who's felt it. So again, at least in, in the city, um, it def- there's definitely that heart to, to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. How did you all manage through 2020 creatively? Did, what kind of toll was that on y'all? Did you guys experience any burnout? Did you guys lack of motivation? For me, after I got um, <laughs> past the the hurdle of like, oh my gosh, I don't have a job right now. And everything got put on hold. I like 
had to go through like a couple of months where I had to get rid of my separate my worth from my creative and my job um and then I just started to have fun with just what I was making for myself and I didn't even care like it wasn't anything about posting it on social media but it was kind of going back to making things just because I enjoy it and yeah so I've I've made myself a lot of stuff this like <laughs> this past year yeah. and yeah it's just yeah it, I became to, it started to have like the the attitude of like if not now when so yeah mm-hmm. kind of fun in that aspect hmm. sure um I think in regards to burnout that's definitely something that I've felt before I mean I think early early last year at the beginning of the pandemic that's when I started taking on like the, the teaching and I started mentoring at this other place called springboard and and all these other things that I was doing on top of it, because all of a sudden it's like, wow, I have an extra two hours off of my day. Mm-hmm. Let me try to do more, which is the best <laughs> ever. Work, work, work. I know. Um, but it definitely helps me again. It, it scratches that itch of me wanting to serve and give to other people. But um, but after a you while- see how I was... opposite it is? He wanted to give, and I just wanted to like do things for myself. <laughs> That's how we balance each other. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I think eventually, um, you know, I was able to balance it out by, you know, speaking to the right kind of people, getting myself super organized, again, having a bit more structure to my day and being able to follow through, having time for myself. So that was, that was all things that, that helped. Um, I think I'm aware that it's, it's almost like on a case by case basis, right? Like if you guys have children, you know, that's a very different story than us who don't have children. So managing burnout kind of depends on, you know, on everyone's situation. Um, but I, I definitely think that being aware of it, it's at least the, the first step. Yeah, so we wanna know what you guys are being inspired by lately. So any pop culture, movie, TV, music, anything you guys wanna talk about? I wanna talk about Flavorful Origins. It's on Netflix, quick. 10, 12, 15 minute shows. Um, and they essentially um, give almost like a creative lens on on food in a way that we're not accustomed to because we're Westerners and we live in this side of the world. Um, but in China, essentially they, they do things very differently. And I love how they treat food in a way that looks delicious. Mm. That's, that's one take for your okay. origins. Uh, yeah, I guess my other show was also about Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, street food, Latin America. That's a good one. So, so good. So, so good. Um, and it's also great because you hear people's stories. It's like storytelling. Yeah. It's not awesome. even like a lot about the food, but the people that make the food. Yeah. That's really why. Well, I love that's it. what makes it special. I think people's stories and their take on their creative output. Um, through food it's 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 awesome to hear it's not fancy people either it's like lifting up all these really um just people from the street and it's really cool and beautiful it's like oh this woman that um just you know would be you you know wouldn't be considered much in her society let's lift her up let's you know show her to the world on netflix i i love that that. you don't need to have a michelin star yeah to uh to do awesome things yeah um so i really love that show and that's on netflix yeah 
else is inspiring you? Um, not pop culture, but I have been loving um, this book, Mind Change from Heather McKean. It's just, and also like uh, Joe Dispenza books. It's all about our minds and how our past, uh, you know, is kind of, it's the stories that we tell ourselves is what, how we define our just the way that we live and how if we would stop telling those stories about ourselves we would just become different people and I've just been loving all of that just feeling like oh I have so much control uh, over Mm -hmm. what I put on my brain on my mind and it's kind of life-changing and even helping me see the bible in like very different way Mm -hmm. um so that's super inspiring to me right now. Mind change. Mind change. Um, I think on a similar note for me, um, I talked about Genesis and God's um, creative process per se. And um, Bema podcast is um, one that has helped me understand the Bible a lot recently. Um, you know, starting from episode one, um, going all the way through, it's just... So it's a, a lens on the scripture um, with more context and, you know, with um, just kind of the, a deeper understanding of who people were, how it was written, why it was written. Absolutely love it. That's been a podcast. Yeah, I'm actually in Genesis, studying Genesis right now with um, BSF, the Bible study that I do. And today, actually, we're talking about um, Mount Moriah where Abraham is about to sacrifice Isaac and I had uh, like a moment of like just awe and wonder and I've read this book obviously multiple times in my life but you know every time you go through something you always discover something more something deeper um, about it and so this time around for me it was that Mount Moriah is Golgotha it's where actually Jesus was crucified and so to see this foreshadowing of Abraham giving Isaac, you know, and the Lord providing a substitute in a ram, you know, for him to seeing the fact that Jesus is our substitute was like so mind boggling to me because it was like 2000 years in between, you know, this, these events happened. It's also the place where Solomon built his temple. So it's like, literally, this is like the sacred, most sacred place um in the Jewish history but anyways I had like a mind just like explosion because like oh my gosh like God is so detailed in the way that he is a storyteller and that's kind of how I'm learning about God this year is that God is a storyteller so anyways I just wanted to kind of um jump on that because I want to definitely check that absolutely he's the one told me what you think yeah absolutely yeah well, thank you guys. Cool. That is a wrap on our podcast today. We are going to link everything on our show notes, everything we talked about, where to follow along with Madi. Ricardo, you are off social media, correct? For the most part, yeah. So you were just going to have to. Yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> You're going to probably have to follow Madi to see what Ricardo is doing, some behind the scenes action. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you learn about me through my wife's. but we're so excited to have you guys and um we will catch you guys next week thank you all so much
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Casa de Arte. If you love this episode, be sure and rate us and share with your friends. We would also love to hear from you. You can tag us on Instagram at Casa de Arte Podcast or email us at Casa de Arte Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, go create and give your art a home.